because you're lovely <laughs> with your smile so warm and your cheeks so soft. There is nothing for me but to Welcome to Into the Wormhole with Larissa and Lauren. We hope you enjoy our final episode of 2021 featuring our extra special guest, Aki Burmese. We'll be talking about The Emissary, the end of DS9, and kind of whatever other Star Trek stuff we decide to talk about. Happy New Year! (laughs) I hear that Avery Brooks doesn't come to a lot of the conventions does he i mean i don't want to say he had a falling out with star trek but did, did something happen that i'm unaware of i'm not I entirely mean, the last time i saw him he was in that awful uh shatner documentary called the captain yes yes, yes. and he seemed goes, just sort of unhinged and also like he yeah. did not give a shit about this at yeah. all because yeah. i know i yeah. mean that's okay like i totally respect any actor who's like look i did this and but it's not like my identity yeah but i thought i had recently heard that he was like had been talking to the actor who plays jake sisko oh, okay. about yeah. yeah about possibly do so he would be interested in returning if it was to explore precisely rehabilitating that relationship uh, uh with, with jake jake but also he's like a jazz musician or something and he just wants yeah. to yeah that. he just wants Total to play respect. piano yeah, but in that doc, he does seem very kind of out. He's like wearing like overalls and a giant. Yeah. I just remember his dress. He was like, I was like, this guy got super weird. Yeah. And I'm cool yeah. with it. He was like, I did seven years of TV. Yeah. Did a, did a couple more dramatic runs on stage. You know what? I got weird. I loved how uncomfortable he seemed to make Shatner. Like, like. Yeah, finally. I, yes, please, please. Someone shake this guy up. For fuck's sake. Because like Shatner is also weird as fuck. Like I. Yeah. I saw Dan took me to see his one man show mm-hmm. like five years ago. Maybe he was touring doing this one man show. And for mo- for like a very large chunk of the middle of the show, he was just wheeling an, a wheelie office chair around the stage. Just like walking around the stage, pushing this office chair, talking nonsense. And it was amazing. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed Good it. On him. Like, yes. Fuck. Yeah. Yes. But it was great to see that person get weirded out. Yeah. That person that's- Everyone else was sort of like, ha, 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 of course, yeah, yeah, William. Sure. But- Avery Brooks is like, I'm not going to answer any th- questions speaking. I will only sing. Yeah. And I felt like, it also felt like Avery Brooks made him like journey to a mountaintop to speak with him. I don't know why I get that impression. Yeah. It's been a while since I watched, but I felt like he had to like go to a remote- Himalayan chateau <laughs> and like hang out with Avery Brooks to get this interview. I think it's fucking great. Uh, 
Yeah. I, just, I love it. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do hope that Avery Brooks, I would love for him to do some voice acting or come maybe come back for some of this Picard stuff. Even if he wants to just have like enmity for Picard, like just to see. I was trying to do his voice last night when I was rewatching the final moments and he's Jaco. Yeah. And I can't. His voice is too low. Oh, when he's on the ship and he's like, I guess we're going in. I know. Oh, God. And he's like checking in with everybody and just growling like a. The lion that he is, yes. just prowling behind everyone. How did we do, Nog? You know, and Nog's like, she held up pretty well, sir. He's like, I'd say she did. Yes. Mr. Worf. Yes. Yeah. Totally true. His range yeah. is very wide because when he gets uh-huh. really excited, his voice also gets very high. It's yes, he gets up to here. It's no, here. I... He's so upset. <laughs> That's what I always love is what I call like the Cisco like staccato where he yeah. gets upset uh. and he starts talking like this. It was it is real. very effective. Yes, it really yeah. It was real. <laughs> God, wonderful. I thought I really I just I love him. I love him in this character. I love I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. I would love it if they <laughs> were able to explore like suddenly Cisco's back, but I have to admit, after seeing Picard, part of me is like, let's maybe, maybe we won't touch that. Yeah. <laughs> On yeah. second well, thought, if, maybe if he's not to do a whole series on it. I also thought Picard had some. This is like you know, late began super strong and then opened up to some interesting space and then ended again in a kind of funky way. Like yeah. didn't, they didn't really like follow through on the ending. Yeah, there's this existential machine consciousness out there that's only a telephone call away that wants to eat all organic life in the galaxy. Incidentally, also the spoiler alert, the plot of season two of Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. If there's that, I he just he just he just tells Soji just like, hey, don't no, don't. She's like, you know, you're right. Right. And then, and then, you know what? You are so you're clicks right, the right. phone off, and it's cool. Yeah, you yeah. know. Also, like, did we do we need more Soongs? Oh yes, yeah, we really. Yes. I mean, no. I mean, yes. Did that's the question. The answer is no. <laughs> that is the question. The answer is no. no Why? More I love. I love Spiner. We all love Brent Spiner. Do we need yeah. more? I just was like, there's yeah. a lot of Soongs. There's so many Soongs. There's Soongs everywhere. They're literally everywhere. Yeah. They're in every every series. There's a Soong somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they just can't. They love Soongs. They do. Uh, they love them. I do. I think I've heard that Soong is in the Picard season two somehow, Great. Which I guess maybe he's <laughs> critical for uh, Asha. No, Asha's the one who, Soji, Soji. right? Is the one who yes. lives. Uh, for Soji's like continued existence or something, but I just you know, yeah, yeah, I'm done. I'm I'm so sick of Soong. Yeah, when we got yeah. there and it was like, hey, it's me, you know, <laughs> Data, <laughs> right? <laughs> Basically, I was like, ugh, we could have done this better. Uh, so many cool things, Romulan like, yeah, Ragnarok myth and uh, how Romulan consciousness is disruptive to the Borg and. Picard answering um, the things going on with his crew in terms of their like demons and wonderful things right? that are, they're trying to figure out, and then we still in the end it's like I guess it was nice to say goodbye to Data. We Picard yeah was able to stop having his nightmare that he'd been having for thirty five years of him and Data playing cards and Mars blowing yeah. up. So that's yeah, nice. that is nice. It's nice to like put a yeah. little end cap on that. I'm just man, we could have done all of that without having more Soongs though. 
Yeah. We really like we uh, like we didn't actually have to kill Bruce Maddox, did we? Like we could have. He knew what was. Up. I was I was really broken. I know, we're no we're not going to. We're not we're talking not actually, about Picard, yeah. here, but I was really broken up that we killed Bruce Maddox. Yep. I did not think it was necessary. I didn't either. I was like, for fuck's sake, like give that. Like we've been waiting for this redemption arc for a long time. Like yeah, exactly. like you you must know how important Measure of a Man is to the whole fandom, and then mm. you're gonna almost give him a thing and then he's going to go bye-bye. So we're really not yeah. going to get, we're not going to get the, I was wrong to take data apart. We're not going to get the whole thing, yeah. you know? No, no. No. He's just going to, he just going to be murdered by his ex. Yeah. yeah. And as Loris and I talked about, like, are we going to have a trial? No. Or is she going to get yeah, arrested? What's, what's or is season just two? Like... They're just going to be like, you know what? Gerardi, you're just so incorrigible. Right. <laughs> oh, you. But yeah, okay. So to bring it back, though, I think you're right, Lauren. I would not wish for an entire series dedicated just to like telling us what happened after the end of DS Nine. Like, I don't, right? I don't need that. I don't need anything to like change how I feel about it. I'm, I'm at peace with it now, even though I'm still <laughs> sad about Jake. Uh, it would, it would be interesting to see like a. A callback to it, or a, a small reference, like an epilogue. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or Picard runs into a young Aloysius Cisco, <laughs> you know, the unborn child of Cassidy and Benjamin Cisco, and yeah. maybe he's a little funky or something. Why is the name Aloysius so funny? I don't know, but it's always my go-to. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. It would have to Aloysius. be. I, it would have to be a much uh, simpler story to tell because I think that's one of yeah. the things. Sorry to go back to Picard, but Picard tried to tell again another like end of the world story. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, no. Like focus it on Picard and the vineyard yeah. and, you know, yeah. what's going People on. Character based. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and I feel like that's what that's what everything wants to be now. It's always the, the end yeah. of the yeah. galaxy. You know, it's just the world. Yeah. And um. Yeah, it's like I would want that to be a little four miniseries, literally just about he comes back one day. Kind of like the visitor we were talking about the episode. Yeah. But just expanded mm-hmm. on, but just sort of that that smaller, more like tight knit story. Yeah. yeah. You hear that, Kurtzman? I think right? yeah, yep. this, this is a great idea. Yep. I think Star Trek could could invest instead of like always doing new franchises. Do like BBC style, like <laughs> yes. three 90 minute episode mini series of, you know, some super cool thing that you explore in depth, like a short yes. trek, but longer. I but love this. 10 hours. Medium you know? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. The most awkwardly named Star Trek franchise. <laughs> yeah. Medium tricks. I love it. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Please bring Garrett Wong back and let us see Harry Kim get a fucking promotion. Like, <laughs> I think he he became a, a captain. No, eventually. but I want to see it. I forget how it, we know that. But I need you to see, see it, though. I got to see those pips, Harry. I need to see yeah. somebody putting the pips on his neck. Otherwise, I don't believe it. But yeah, so that kind of concept of like really just taking one thing and going and deep diving it. I fucking love mm. that because every time they do that on... Any of the new shows, they take a little thing and they deep dive it. That is always my favorite yeah. shit. Yeah. I think there it's got to be in there. They're thinking there somewhere. I don't know if maybe Paramount 
you know, they're talking about making movies or whatever, which seems like oh, not necessarily necessary. No. But what do I know? I, mean, I feel like there's got to be a better way than movies. You do this miniseries thing. You have like a movie style event. Anyway, I agree. I agree. That medium tracks. That's that's my feeling. Yeah, medium yeah, tracks. Yeah, and like movies are, movies just seem like a fucking gamble right now. You know. Yeah, like, Star Trek movie. I don't movie? know. Like, uh, I mean, we're yeah. we're we've evolved to a place now where it's just Marvel movies only. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Either it's Marvel or The Rock has to be yeah, in it. True. <laughs> True. Hey, he's already been in Star Trek, though, so... He has! You know, just saying. That would That's be, true! That is, oh, this is the only way it would work. <laughs> this is the only way that a Star Trek movie okay. would work is a deep dive on The Rock's character from that one episode of Voyager. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're back in the Delta Quadrant. Uh... That would be. We know Jerry yeah. Ryan's on board because we already oh, yeah. have her. Jerry Ryan's. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god, I love it. She wakes up and she's back in the Delta Quadrant. Oh god. <laughs> I love. I would one hundred percent watch that movie. It Except has to be the, funny though. I feel like in the new version though, they would have to have also like Ronda Rousey or something like that. Like we need some MMA That's, people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be a lot of punching and kicking and fighting. Mm-hmm. But it could be like just a, a it could be like Jungle Cruise in the in the Delta Quadrant, but with Seven of Nine and The Rock, and they're just like searching for a thing, and it's not necessarily <laughs> like fighting bad guys. It's like who's gonna find the orb of Gangle Rock, <laughs> the fifth first, you know? That could be it. Yep, yep, that could be it. That that I would also watch that. Yeah, I mean, I so would I. Yeah, there it was called. Uh, Delta Cruise or Delta, something like that. Delta Cruise! Super down. All right. <laughs> yes. Okay, I have a yes. question for uh, you guys. Okay. One of the things I just wanted to throw your way. Um, now, I have not seen Discovery, but I'm really curious since you guys have. Is Section 31 is in Discovery or not so much? Um, No, it doesn't exist yet. Okay. Oh, that's right. right. That's right. Yeah. But it's it's definitely a okay. It's it, it pre formative section thirty one definitely is around, right? All right, all right. Because I was yeah, and they and they've talked about a section thirty one series yes. that right. would star Michelle Yeoh. Oh God. Which oh my God, fuck! Love. Please, please. That yes. would be you know that would be a perfect contender for the medium tracks. It like, would. We don't need ten episodes of that. We need no. three solid feature length mm-hmm. episodes. And you know. we need Michelle Yeoh to be kicking people in the face. That's what I'm saying. She goes, it's like baddie of the week. You know, yes. section 31, defuse this bomb, get this dilithium yep. from this person. Those three things. Have, have Solve a, a mystery. Time, time travel cameo from William. What's his name? What's his name? Oh, no. The the guy, the guy who plays, who, he's death in Bill and Ted. You mean Sloan? And he's like, the section 31. Yeah. Sloan. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Have yes. a have a lovely little like time travel cameo from Sloan. Sure. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. But just a look like little quick one. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to be like important to a plot or anything. You just show up and be like, "Whoops." Right. Everything's good. We we good. We good. We're good. Good. Well, that's kind of my question. Is like looking back at the you know in the last handful of episodes when uh, Julian and Miles are trying to figure out the mystery of Odo's. You know. They realize, oh my goodness, Star yeah. Trek actually infected Odo and he infected his his you know people. Um and so we have sorry, like the sorry, Sloan... you just said Star Trek. Huh? What I do? Star Trek 
<laughs> you said Star Trek instead of Starfleet, but uh, I do that all it the time, honestly. Cute. Star Trek. Star Trek I... infected Odo. <laughs> Star Trek infected me for sure. I've been uh, Starfleet, yeah. And so we have some. I, here's the thing: like, I never really loved the Section Thirty One episodes of Deep Space Nine, but I wanted your guys' opinion mm-hmm. of of how you feel, kind of looking back at the. Yes, Sloan Section Thirty One. We had that episode where they kind of wrap that up, and Sloan is is dies. But how, do you guys have any thoughts on that? I kind of always thought those episodes were sort of fun. I mean, it's there's like a spy element to them. There's like there's always I love mystery episodes too. Mm-hmm. They're I mean they yeah they're they're kind of silly I guess, and they they are also like I don't. Oh yeah, his name is William Sadler. There we go. Sorry, I just right. had to. I had to yeah. look it up. Uh, love him. Love him as death. Great bass player. That's right. Uh, I w- I have fun with them. I think it's fun. I think it's funny. I just thought you would be totally against them to some degree because you you say how earlier in your you know childhood you were just so like Starfleet is Starfleet and Star Trek is Star Trek and you know Section Thirty One is so anti those ideals i thought you would be very like that's not starfleet the way yeah but i feel like because ds9 came out when i was more grown up okay fair enough i didn't have as much of a problem with it like tng does the star trek things i wanted star trek to be when i was a kid Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. always but ds9 breaks all those rules on purpose so it makes sense that they would bring in something like Section 39. Let's um, say Section 39 and meant Section 31. <laughs> We're saying 31. the wrong Section 31. Se- Section 30. Section, Section 159. Section yep. 45. <laughs> yeah. C section. Mm-hmm. Okay. 40. But you, the first time you watched <laughs> D Space Nine, you were kind of miffed by the religious tones. I was. Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay, okay. I just find But that. I think that's because I was not raised with any religion at all. And so mm-hmm. I didn't have a frame of reference for it. Because because I had nothing. Because <laughs> I'm like a one hundred percent heathen. Like because my <laughs> because my both my parents heathen. are scientists. Heathen. I also feel like in in D Space Nine, the religious stuff is really serious. Yeah. Whereas the Section Thirty One stuff is serious, but also very hijinksy. Mm, yes. It's very like, yes, we're gonna get into like. Also, I loved all the similarly the Ferengi episodes where like all the Ferengi get together and have to pull yes. off some caper or fight some bad guys. I forget this yep. one. This one that's Iggy like the Pop shows up. Iggy, yeah. What's the one with like the seven of them get the together? The Magnificent Seven. The Magnificent. The wow. Magnificent Ferengi. The Magnificent yeah, you're Ferengi. Right, you're right. Based on the mm-hmm. Magnificent yes. Seven. Magnificent Seven. Uh, loose loosely based western on yeah i might need to watch that right after this but yeah um, you do it's great i feel like section 31 i have a weird relationship with it because it's an interesting concept to have like a black ops part of the federation yes yes but it almost always leads to some sort of detriment to the federation every time section 31 comes up it's in dis- when it comes up in Discovery, it's yep. whatever will become Section 31 is bad uh, yep. and out of control. When it comes up in D Space Nine, they're keeping secrets and they're out of control. And when they get, I think one of their biggest roles was in Enterprise. Yes. With uh, Lu- 
with Lieutenant Daniels. Is that what his name was or whatever? Oh, it was like God, Section 31. I don't remember. Section 31 and from the future. Oh, I've forgotten this storyline. Uh, because they yep. were doing the whole thing with their temporal Cold War business. That oh. was the whole. Oh, my God. The whole Enterprise <laughs> thing was like, it's from before, but we'll make it seem like it's up to date because there's a Cold War from factions in the future or yeah. whatever. Anyway, it was so, their excuse to like make things look more modern. Yeah, yeah. You're on an old rusty rust bucket enterprise that can't do more than warp five and a half. Yep. But there's a temporal cold war. Yes. Uh, so cool. We you can get this cool gun. Uh, I always felt like or it these was... screens that have no screens. They're just floating in the air. Uh huh. Whoa. Yep. Whoa. Yeah. Um. But then they like section thirty one winds up bringing Archer to the future and being like, this is why we need your help because your your success on this mission means that we'll have peace now. But then it's not peace because the Section 31 is like engaging in covert tactics. So it also breaks the concept of the Federation being like yeah. a utopia because now it's like, sure, it, the, it's a utopia that's more like America where it's like, you're if you're in San Francisco at Starfleet Academy or on Earth, it's great on Vulcan, wonderful. But in extra Federation territories, we're doing all this kind of like questionable world building, yeah, like yeah. total. But we can break the Prime Directive because we're Section Thirty One. Seems just, it's just yeah, yeah, and we're not acknowledged by the Federation. The Federation's yeah. gonna be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, we have, no, uh, we have no, we have no recollection of that event happening. Um, yeah, yeah. In Picard, Section Thirty One is responsible for killing the, the robot. It's, but, it's just but, like. It does do the Star Trek thing, though, which is the hold a mirror up. Yes. Thing. Yes. And you're totally right about and, that. Yeah. And I appreciate that because that's some real shit that we are doing to each other all the fucking time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, there are mm -hmm. always going to be some people that want to, like, have that extra bit of control who want to, like, yeah. get in there and see, like, how much they can fuck up shit. Yeah. You know, and like convince people that they're necessary, that this this shit that they're fucking up is necessary for everybody's freedom, you right. know? Right. That's that's some shit we're going through currently. So I I, I, I look at Section 31 and I get where it came from, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I, but I also, I can appreciate it more if it was started by a Terran from the Mirror Universe in their yeah, attempt I... to sort of get along with Starfleet. Because then they'd be like, yeah, we like your ideals, but, you know, we got to do our Terran thing. So that kind of... I love it. That kind of bridges the gap for me, but it's still... Yeah. That would be like one little detail with this kind of new incarnation of Section 31 that would totally be like, cool, I'm in. Um, right. Because that would make yeah. total sense. I think what it is is Section 31, my thought has always been it's interesting conceptually and like from a philosophical place. But it's one of those things, too, especially when you get different writers on board. It's like, mm. I hope you guys are all on the same page because it could be right. like yeah. a Borg Queen thing where it was like, isn't this a cool idea? But then like a few years down the road, it's like, oh, huh, maybe we didn't really think about this. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, mm -hmm. the Section 31, I think it's just my taste. It's like, oh, yeah. it's Sloan again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does feel like it's like, butter, butter, <laughs> Section 31. Yeah. And he's always like in like black leather, mm. and he's like in a corner smoking yeah. a cigarette. You know, yeah. I mean, not smoking a cigarette, but he might as well be. Yeah, just in a corner smoking a cigarette. He's but in a corner eating a jumja stick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
If only. If only. <laughs> a, a child turns around on the palm rod. And, yeah, yeah. I don't got ah. like the pigtails, and it's like, oh, yep, it's, yep, Sloan. Yep. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> yeah, he rips off his face, there's another face under it. Oh, I love it. I we have a uh, there's another podcast on our podcast network that is it's called San Dimas Today, uh-huh. and it's just a Bill and Ted podcast. Sweet. And they they actually got <gasps> William Sadler on their podcast and interviewed him. Wow, that's amazing! And I was like, ah, and I was like, did you ask him anything about Deep Space Nine? Not that you would. No mm. reason you would. Uh, and my friends were like, no, we we actually wanted to, but we got too excited. We just. Just let the I conversation go where it was. Yeah. But like seems like dudes like just down. <laughs> I think of most <laughs> to be people on a little podcast, you who know? are. Yes. I think uh, most of the actors are like they they get they dig that they get into it. Yeah. We are. We're I still mean, get a thrill that um that I'm going to call everyone by their <laughs> their show names. That's Saru. <laughs> will like our posts we're like yes careful leave me you know it seems so yes, doug jones like doug jones exactly uh but it seems like they know that like star this is and this has been true since uh the first series is that star trek yes. is the is the fans really keep the series afloat they that, that writing campaign for season three is what yep. saved star trek in the first place and uh so i'm glad that so many of them will do will do these great podcast interviews and also you put me onto that um, the McFadden, I was about to call her Dr. Crusher, the Dr. Yes! Crusher podcast, uh, yes! which I have listened to. I've just, I just crushed all the episodes of that. Ah, no pun intended. Oh God. It's yeah. so wonderful. It's so fucking wonderful. Yeah. God, I love, yeah. I love Gates McFadden so much. Yeah. 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 Um, I, so I have not a last question, but a question about the emissary. Mm-hmm. And something that I've thought about a lot and never really come to like a strong conclusion to, which is the whole concept that the emissary starts out as that the emissary is of Bajor, but he's not Bajoran. Mm -hmm. That like the prophets went to Earth to create him instead of going to Bajor, which is right there. Right. And what that sort of like message feels like. Yeah. Or might feel like maybe to like, you know, someone whose ancestors are from a country that's been colonized to all fuck. Yeah. And even though I love the character of Cisco and I love DS9 so much that that can feel problematic to me mm. in my inside inside yeah. my heart. I, I have thought about this a great deal. Because um, I'm, I agree with you. It's like the one thing you always want to avoid, or I not you always want to avoid (laughs) as a writer of millions of TV shows. The one thing that I think (laughs) is can be kind of a drag is the like external savior monomyth. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, and yeah, that's right. Uh, I think obviously in terms of like. Oh, mechanics, you know, looking at from a meta point of view, like they wanted to make this bond between Captain Sisko and the planet Bajor strong. So they they, you know, part of dealing with the religion was that he he was he was now fundamentally tied to it. He couldn't walk away from it. 
Mm-hmm. And one thing that mitigates my, it doesn't like really erase it for me, but thinking that if you're approaching it from the idea that a new perspective was necessary, someone who could see Bejor from the outside uh, while also learning about it, was open to learning about its culture, not coming to like be a conqueror, but coming uh, from it to understand, even if they then had like a threadbare connection to it could be useful for Bejor's future, you know, to be to be able to get yeah. out off the planet. And then the third thing is that I always uh, go back to that episode where that other dude comes out of the the wormhole and he's like, I'm the emissary and he sucks. He's like, women yeah. should go into the kitchen. Yes. And men must oh, wear yeah. this thing. And he like I've, totally What are sucks. they called? I forget what they're called, but he's like, everyone needs to go back to their whatever they're assigned jobs. oh yeah it's like a cast yeah. system yeah yeah exactly that thing i was like whoa dude oh shit no 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 so in certain many certain respects like and that was only abandoned because they were occupied uh yeah. the cast system so like there is a benefit to not having to being anti-traditional in certain ways mm-hmm. and in the end the em- I also think he the emissary Cisco shows up. He's there for these seven sort of turbulent years when there would be a lot of conflict. Maybe the prophets knew what was on the other side of the wormhole and how that would affect the Alpha Quadrant and Bajor specifically. But also, oh, they definitely knew. Yeah, also they had to know. He's there to create that bond between Bajor and the outside world and help it uh, achieve its independence. And then he actually, I love that. When he steps, when he's gone, uh, it's Colonel Kira who mm-hmm. steps into his place and becomes the administrator of Deep Space Nine. This new style, non sculpture. Because remember, her cast yes. was she's supposed to be a sculpturist, and she was like, I'm terrible at this. I'm oh, got that shot of her yeah. trying to make the birds. Oh, like, yeah. And she's like, Yeah. Just like destroys yeah. this bird that she just made. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would have been revolutionary if like Kira had just been in charge, period, end of story. But I liked I liked that they sort of like geared up to this thing. Like Bajor had to join the Federation, so they needed someone on D Space Nine who he wasn't really in charge of Bajor, but because he had this spiritual connection to the celestial temple and the prophets, he was forced to enter into their cultural life in a way that Starfleet officers normally probably would not. Yeah. Uh and then he becomes part of their larger sort of like ephemeral like myth or canon. But as they're as they have turned themselves into like a power in the sector and like helped liberate their former captors. And now the person, one of the people who like was instrumental in all that Kira, who like, let's talk about my favorite episodes of D space nine, the throw, the throwback to Terok Nor episodes. Oh shit! I, yeah. They're super dark, but I love them because they they're show so fucking dark. Yeah, they show like these same characters, but in like this dystopian, all the cages and everything on the yeah. thing, and like Quark's still there, like still trying to make money, but like in a vastly different kind of world. And ugh, I just I loved those episodes, and so I love that Kira went from that mm-hmm. to now sort of like this place of being the like. I don't know what is the person who's in charge of D Space Nine anyway. They're like they're not like the governor of Bajor. 
<laughs> they just run the station. They're the they're the yeah. mayor. They're the mayor of D Space Nine, which is like a little outpost. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, she probably yeah, she's just probably the com- the commander she's colonel by the end. But she's colonel mm-hmm. by the end. But like, is that she's a sheriff c- colonel? Yeah. 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 Well, like Colonel is the is like her rank, yeah. But then, like, the, what is her job title? Like, is it? Yeah, because you know? like Cisco was sort of like the <laughs> manager. little boy. She's Mr. Man- she's, manager. She's the manager of this <laughs> nine. Uh, I guess sort of like their job is to monitor the wormhole and uh, yeah, and it because Bajor is now going to become a way station for the mm-hmm. the sector. D Space Nine is super important because that's where ship stock and commerce happens and diplomatic yeah. things happen or whatever. So, yeah. Which, sort which of an makes, ambassador. Which makes sense because yeah. in a lot of the conception of the show was that it was almost like the Wild West and this was just like mm-hmm. an outpost in, in, yeah, where people would stop and shenanigans would happen and, mm-hmm. yeah. Shenanigans. Yes. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Yes. Shenanigans. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I totally, I, I, I love the way that you're saying that. Aki, I appreciate that um, because it's, it's and it's taken, a reach, but it's a it yeah. helps me. <laughs> it does, it does because you have to, you kind of have to get there with it. Like I, I still have issue with it. There's and there's also part of me that thinks like maybe it would have been like that sees that sees the the writing of Cisco as now all of a sudden he is a prophet mm-hmm. felt very reachy to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like it mm-hmm. felt like. You're really, you're really trying to make it n- like he's not an outsider, right? When in some ways it would have been more interesting for him to have continued to be an outsider, mm. you know, th- because then his relationships with like people like Major Kira would have been like him. I'm learning about this. I don't have any of this this uh, connection to your religion inherently in myself, mm-hmm. and so I have to get there intellectually yeah you know not not i just wake up one day and i find out that i'm actually a prophet and then i'm like oh every yeah sure now Mm -hmm. i'm a prophet and i understand everything cool wouldn't it have been amazing if that episode where the guy does come back from the wormhole and if he really was the emissary and they were like you know what we like you better and he's like you know what i want the i want the role um and so you know whether it's free will but the yeah, like you said, it's just like poof, and yeah. you are it, and, yeah. and to make it something more symbolic about kind of the responsibilities and the thing we choose, and yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. He did if because of that episode. I mean, when the when that dude shows up, sis, that's still early enough on that Cisco is relieved. He like never wanted to be the emissary. He kind of yeah. hated having to be part of that going to attend services in that like church that's on the promenade or whatever yep, and all that yep. stuff. Uh, and then he really has to like choose to be the emissary mm-hmm. because that's the only way mm-hmm. to stop this guy from s- sort of tearing Bezier apart between traditionalists and modernists or progressives, if you will. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. And then there's that one Vedic who like fucking murders someone straight oh, up. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like he just didn't want to do his his job that yeah. we gave him, so I murdered him. Yeah, which I'm allowed to do by traditional yeah. law, right? Yeah. Thanks, emissary. You know. Yeah. Thanks, emissary. Love you. Yeah. <laughs> Love you. Thanks for coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I. I mean, I feel like it's sort of 
in some ways like negates a lot of the like hard like internal personal work that Cisco did. Yeah. To get to a place where he made the choice to be in that position. Right. And it's it negates the work that he did to have a relationship with the Bajoran people. Yeah. But also, you know, people fucking love space magic, man. Space magic is cool. <laughs> space magic is cool. And and he's a bro when he shows up on D Space Nine, he's keeping it together, but he's a mm. broken man. He is. Um, he's so broken. He's like poor baby. So angry at Picard still for when he was Locutus. God, I love that part. I love those parts so much. That part is so I feel like that is part of what will separate people who like D Space Nine to those who hate it. Because some of them cannot have their homeboy Picard taken down a peg by someone so actively disliking him in the in that pilot. And they yeah. just cannot stand it. They're and like, so, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I love that they shot so like such a bold choice to be like, this guy is pissed because you killed his wife. And Picard who's wonderful at many things, but not great in terms of uh, empathy. Yes. <laughs> uh, he really has to work on empathy, and he's not in an empathetic state in that that pilot because he's sort of like, you'll be taking over this uh, space station, uh, Commander Cisco, and uh, I'm just here to convey, you know, he's like yes. in his- I don't like, even know why I'm here. This is a very like, far away place, and uh, I don't need this They wanted job. the flagship to show up, so very good. Thank you for coming. <laughs> you know, Cisco's like- <laughs> You know, uh, almost turns down the job. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah. Yes. And uh, and I think there is like, again, you're talking about space magic. There's like a there's a healing to him having been the emissary for all those years, too, because he's forced to grow spiritually mm -hmm. in the embrace of this Bajoran moral religion as he's healing himself and becoming a. He was always a great dad, but he becomes an even better father by being forced to sort of like grow beyond his trauma. Uh, yes. And let his wife go, which is like a big part of those early. Twice. Yeah. Twice. I know. <laughs> Woof. That, Look at all. <clears throat> when he uh, like is get pulled away. I'll never forget that in that first episode. Oh, he's like, uh, no, she's, you can't leave her. Oh, he's doing the, you can't leave her. Yeah, <laughs> and he's got like a wide vibrato. Yes, yes, yeah. he's like, yeah, no, just not. No. And they're like dragging him out the door. Oof. That's a really good Oof. Cisco in peril uh -huh. voice that you just uh -huh. did. Congratulations. Well, th thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I mean, you're right. You're totally right about this healing journey that he goes on, right? And in in a way, the way that they write it is that he becomes a better father and also a better space dad to Bajor. Mm -hmm. Space dad. To mm -hmm. <laughs> the unwilling savior mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. thing who then c comes around, like the turning point being when he actually want realizes he wants to be the emissary uh I'm I am at peace with Deep Space Nine, you know. I've, I I hope I fucking hope I'm at peace with Deep Space Nine at this point. And I oh I have one final so this mm. note that I wrote as I was I was I was I apparently can't watch Star Trek without taking notes anymore. Taking notes now it's a thing that happens. I just start writing things down. But 
part of, I, I thought, it. the explanation for there, there being this emissary is with, as I was watching this final episode and like a whole town in Cardassia gets destroyed, a third of the Federation United Romulan Klingon fleet gets destroyed. Uh, in the end, it's like 8 million plus dead uh, in this war, let alone like the war has been going on for four seasons and it's been in the uh, the other the gamma quadrant or whatever yeah. and all the you know all the death and destruction that's happened it's like given all this death and bloodshed i wrote <laughs> there must be a higher purpose or a higher power i think that's the series is like there has to be this larger context most of which we can't see that gives an explanation to how uh, awful so much of the experience of these characters has been, even as they built these beautiful, strong friendships and relationships that like, you know, Miles has been tortured every season by some kind of mind control. Uh, yeah. Oh God, that was so terrible. That one was so terrible. Oof. Uh, oh. Kira's scars from like just the occupation, which, you know, she's, She's got under control, but like really early on, she's still very sensitive to that. And like, Ducat, whether or not he's redeemable, Damar, whether he redeems himself in seeing the light of his ways and then dying in that moment. Yeah. Uh, Oh my God. I just remembered that that Kira's mom fucked Ducat. Yep. Also, Mm -hmm. shit. Ducat, listen, he's, he's a bad guy through and through, but. He has got some serious Cardassian charisma. <laughs> we talk about that. He is charming. Whenever he sh- he shows up on his thing on the uh, in in Deep Space Nine, he always swaggers around the <laughs> the with room with his little like neck flares. Huge neck. He's got a very. But the thing is, he's got a thin, long neck, when the flares are long, whereas other Cardassians are sort of squatters. So he's just like, yeah, he's like a bird or something. Kind of like a bird, which works for like, me because I always think of Cisco as a cat. Yes, mm-hmm. he very much is. He has a lion face, and he's very growly. Yes, yes, he's very like. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, when he says he's like in a mood, and then sometimes the door rings or something, and instead of you expect, he does his take so weird. He goes, mm, "Yes, come in." Like in this like <laughs> quiet voice, you're like, "What?" It's yes. even creepier. You're like he's. He's Hi. definitely thinking about something else. Yeah. Yes. Also, chefing. I love that he cooks. But um, yeah, he's so excited when he cooks. <laughs> he starts talking in his high voice. Uh... <laughs> yes. <laughs> but all yes, these, I love it. All these uh, terrible, these tragedies happen. D Space Nine is supposed to be this is a dark spinoff of Star Trek, and it was meant to have these things that are un- unresolved. You know, how we come to grips with, even with Julian and his, like, his eugenics. He's like a oh, con, God. basically, oh. you know. Yep. Uh, and all of his eugenics friends. Uh-huh. All of his eugenics friends. But who, <laughs> but his his best bond is with Miles. And, oh, and even it's mentioned, because uh, he's he's uh, dating uh, uh, Esri Dax. Yes. And she's like, well, do you want to like his all of his things that he used to do with Miles were all these things where they're on the losing side of some valiant stand yep. that gets overrun 
Uh, and she's like, you know, you should really explore why you have all these annihilation fantasies. And he's like, huh, you think, do you think so? Uh, yeah. Because yeah. they were constantly. Anyway, I just loved all that. And then I thought it it really would be sort of a huh ending if there was not a higher sort of like this happened to drive all these people into uh, new places or new states of consciousness where they are useful to the universe. And for Cisco, that means he has to go to the ultimate, the, 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 the pinnacle of the loss of body uh, to experience time non-linearly for whatever his purpose is. But it means that Kira and Odo has to go back to the, the great link and all that stuff, you know, which is so melancholy and sad, but is so necessary. Anyway, I just, Oh yeah. yeah, Worf becoming ambassador is such a small thing, but so huge for considering his arc from TNG. Yeah, he is now you know ambassador for the Federation to the Klingon Empire, and has restored the House of Mog, and I mean all these things. Yeah, are great. And then Quark yeah. is just happy that someone's coming down on. Oh my, the part that truly broke me. I I, I know it's happening every time is when Quark confronts Odo and Kira in the oh yeah corridor and Odo is super cold to him or whatever and Kira's like I'm so sorry and our Quark's like that man loves me it was written all over his back another great I just yeah. Quip, yeah. love it yeah so there there are so many yeah. beautiful relationships in DS9 and Odo and Quark are one of my favorite ones mm-hmm. just antagonizing each Just other in the best ways great. they are but but then also occasionally like sitting down and laughing yeah they are together. truly in love with each other they are, that is one very of much. They, that is a bond like if one of them was in life threatening danger the other one would be there in a heartbeat yes very much if i felt that very strongly definitely um i love how you're saying that like you know there's a a larger purpose there's a bigger a bigger thing and then pointing out all of these journeys that these our characters have gone on and the the big steps that they're taking at the end of this series but in also another way i kind of feel like the way that this all goes in in some ways in my mind reminds me how all of these people are just tiny bits of a bigger thing mm. even though big things are happening in their own lives personally like it sort of has like a pale a carl sagan pale blue dot kind of yes. vibe yeah. to it as totally. well we're like they're all we're all like focusing on these tiny little things in our life that are big in our lives but in the grand scheme of everything mm-hmm. it's not actually important right <laughs> you right. know right and that is something that I've always, that has always made me feel spiritual mm-hmm. in a way. Like when I think about being tiny and insignificant, I, I love it. <laughs> tiny and insignificant. I love it. I love it. it. Yeah. I, love I curl it. up in a ball and, yeah. you know, on the yeah. floor, I but. I feel <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like that is, that like feels like it takes the pressure off. Yeah. You know, and makes me feel like. Yes, the things that are important to me are do matter because mm-hmm. they matter to me. And they're not they they don't have a huge <laughs> they're not so huge. So mm-hmm. I can be like, yeah, go for it. It's not actually a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know? Yeah. Uh so I do I love I love that there is that macro and micro mm-hmm. simultaneously on top of each other because that very much is what life is. Like yeah. there's 
there's so many layers in DS9, man. It's just, it's like a croissant. It's like a, mm, thrice folded, long rested in a fridge. I couldn't agree more um, because I've been trying to make croissants for two weeks. But also- I and it's difficult. And it's super hard to get get it right. And what is right anyway? I I do love that about D Space Nine. And I also love that this last episode is called uh What You Leave Behind. What we left what you leave behind. The doc is what we left behind. But yep. because everyone who moves forward into this new adventure or whatever it is their new thing is, is is forced. Every single one of them is forced to leave something behind to get out of their comfort zone so everyone who was together is basically splitting apart <laughs> um including at at the very final moment jake but i do love that it didn't just end with jake looking up at the stars alone it ends with kira coming over and putting her arm around jake creating that like an, another inversion of that relationship where like cisco came and like awkwardly tried to be a mentor to her but not really being able to fully they had to like find a way to fit and now Kira is going to even though he has Cassidy but I think Kira is more of a mother figure or a uh, you know parental figure to Jake since he's been with her for seven years uh and her yes, being too. there with him I think is uh about the prof- most profound person that could be standing with him there uh, looking up at the wormhole in the end. I, I I totally agree. Yeah, I I think one thing that's really nice about that, and some of the stuff you guys were talking about earlier. Um, for the record, I'm the white woman in the room, so you know, <laughs> it's like, should I talk about Hi. this? Yeah, like, <laughs> get in, get to? in here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, when you talk about Kira, everyone coming from their trauma and kind of having these really like split backgrounds where you know parents are lost or homes are lost families worlds and I, I think a big theme of D Space Nine is find like choosing your family and finding your family um, after loss or you know something that happens and so I totally get what you guys are saying about Cisco and that kind of like the the savior complex like thank god he yeah. wasn't a white captain and you know oh got like the white oh savior. my god that would have been right that would have been like oh but um i think a lot oh, of it god. is what if imagine if he was the actor that played uh the Admiral? the maquis guy oh the, the maquis oh. guy yeah that, like yeah. how like gross that would yeah been. exactly i would have been so grossed out but, i'm the emissary but there's so yeah. much with cisco read les miserables <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but you know, with Cisco even deciding like I'm gonna live on Bajor after you know I'm done with this war right. and stuff, like I'm gonna retire here, and like realizing that he's you know the phrase you guys were talking about like of Bajor, and yeah, I think that's definitely an an issue and kind of a an archetype that we need to kind of be aware of in future yeah. media and stories. I think maybe going forward what's really nice with people seeing deep space night today is maybe maybe this is could be me just being hopeful but people will see it as an allegory or a a story for again like finding your home and finding your people because Mm -hmm. you know i have so many college students who are you know lgbtq or they come from homes where they don't really get along with their family and they're not accepted and but they're finding their families that do 
And there right. is something nice mm-hmm. about like you guys saying like Kira being that that parental figure to to you know Jake and Jake and Nog coming together even though their Oof, cultures yeah. are against each other and mm-hmm. healing for for Kira as well because she lost Zial exactly yes. or I mean Dude. she yeah. just again the occupation she lost like everyone <laughs> she yeah, lost yeah. everyone yeah, yeah, yeah she totally. lost literally everyone yeah that. so I mean there is something nice about that Deep Space Nine family just how everyone's coming together that doesn't really fix all the issues we're observing mm-hmm. but at least right. it's kind of like a silver lining right and as much as um well i mean you you need look no further than the fast and furious franchise <laughs> uh, which i've only watched like three of i've not i don't know what's happened in the last 15 years but i do know yeah it's all about family oh man and it also it has the rock they're not, they're we're talking about the rock again we're the talking rock. about the rock again I the mean, rock. how can you not uh yeah and i think that the new discovery is about chosen family and so much more has been made of the idea of having to find a place with people with whom you find family, even if that family is not perfect. Like a mm-hmm. critique for TNG would be for me every because it's all Starfleet. There's no real interpersonal conflict. You know, everything is resolved yes. very easily. Again, uh, I will say that TNG is competency porn. <laughs> it is definitely competency porn. And I would co- also add that it's uh, it's like ASMR for uh, an organized mind. It's just like <laughs> everything is orderly. You know, nothing is ever, even when things are falling to absolute shit, they're like, uh, you know, great, downgrade to yellow alert. Uh, meet me in my ready room. I would like to have play. Like everything is yep. just, mm, mwah. Uh, oh, God. It's so soothing. Yeah, very soothing. Mm-hmm. And then there's that little hum of the ship underneath everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I t- do yeah, think you're totally right. Yeah, Deep Space yeah. Nine was the, was is a is a groundbreaker in terms of like the idea of like these. I don't I don't even want to use the word misfits, but misfits of a certain type. Even Cisco is a bit of a misfit as far as Starfleet because he's so scarred by Starfleet that they find each other there and all come together by in fits and starts of, of misunderstanding and understanding and getting together and growing apart. And it's kind of works out too. I was just thinking that I hate that they, that it would turned out it was like because of a contract issue, but that Jadzia died mm-hmm. so that Worf also has to deal with this immense loss. Yeah. Uh, again, to, <laughs> again, and he has to confront Ezri, he has to confront the echo of Jadzia, mm-hmm. like right after she died, a yeah. couple weeks later or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. And they have their. Because he really never got to do that with Kalar. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, it was uh, just like she's dead, and now you have a kid. There we go. There's no. What? Nev- yeah. Yep. He never. Yeah, but yeah. this time he actually has to go through the grieving process mm-hmm. and have have that experience. It's so yes, that's so true. Well, and I love how yeah. he, the yeah. I I do love how the show kind of. You know, gives us whiplash because th- he has this whole episode about going off on this grand adventure to get her to Stovacor and mm-hmm. this kind of closure. And then she's like, hi, I'm back. Yeah. And he's I like, know, he's like oh, yeah. <laughs> first let's sleep together in the bushes. But then I'll yeah. be like, we should get married. And then you'll be like, what? No. And, and then what? And then and then you'll be like, Julian. Yeah. And then yeah. we'll just have an awkward. Great. We kind of just understand each other. You're my 
yeah. X's new consciousness. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I love how in the flashback scene, since she's only been there one season, it's yes. Like, Remember this episode from two weeks ago? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah. So, so the way good. you look tonight. Two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> the way you look two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. About what you said about DS9 being this chosen family of misfits and that sort of becoming now what Star Trek does really well. It's, it's kind of beautiful to look at Discovery that way because that's not. I hadn't thought about that really totally with Discovery, mm-hmm. strangely. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, d- yes. That is that is what Discovery is. Yeah. And they're all forced to be family, too, especially now. Sorry, Lauren. Not going to say va- not that for, much. Not going to tell you why, but they're forced <laughs> to be family. They're forced That's to be okay. family. But this uh, idea in... I think the millennial generation is very strong mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that we, a lot of us are, are experiencing this rift generational rift with parents, with family. Mm-hmm. I think especially because of politics right now and because of the pandemic, a lot of stuff like that. Right. And because of just a, of sea change of uh, biases, the the generational sea change of being more accepting of more kinds of people just yeah. in general. Um, and I think a lot of millennials, I think we've been sort of the first generation that mo- a lot of us have had to really look around and piece together our own families. I mean, especially people in the LGBTQ right. community. Yeah. And so I think that we relate really, really hard to this chosen family concept when we see it on television. And that is a fucking beautiful thing. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I mean, even though I'm, I'm a person who's very close to my blood family, I live very far away from them. Yeah. They all live together in Ithaca, New York, and I'm here in Nashville. So I have to have something. You know, because they're not around. Yeah. And I also have ADHD, so I forget I have a family sometimes. Um, <laughs> but this this idea that, like, I'm far from home, again, sort of like being on a spaceship, far mm-hmm. from home. Yes. And I have to create a family from those who are around me. Mm-hmm. And those people may be quite a bit different from me and have a very different background from me and have different experiences. And the the way that we become a family is finding similarities and how beautiful that whole journey is. You know, I, I fucking love it. And I feel like DS9, seeing DS9 be sort of the, one of the first to like specifically make it that way. Cause Voyager came later and Voyager is also more episodic. Voyager is. Than- yeah. They're, they're stuck together, but. If they have a baddie of the week, they have like a, this week we're here, (laughs) you know? Yeah. 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 So I'm, I appreciate that. And I thank the team at DS9 for doing that for us Mm -hmm. because DS9 still, even though TNG is like my track that I grew up with. Yeah, exactly. Same. DS9 still is the 
the Trek that makes me the most that gives me the most feels. I feel like DS9 uh, TNG is what I grew up with and DS9 is when I came of age. Oh, uh, you know. Ooh. Can I this was one I heard at a convention. Well, I wasn't there, but it was a recording where they they asked someone to pick like their favorite and they said like that's like picking my mom or my wife. They're women that right. were the most important women at different times in my life, you know. Wow. Mm-hmm. And um it's like, oh, I like that because, yeah, at the yeah. different stages. But, yeah, I, I was thinking about it because earlier I felt like I was just nitpicking at the end of Deep Space Nine. But really rewatching it, and especially the end, I'm so impressed with how many things they touched upon, not just themes, but just story-wise. And, yeah. you know, in that last thrust of those seven episodes, uh, sure, I wish they had, like, a little bit more of an ending with the cop, but... That, yeah. I mean, everything, they wrapped up everything. They tell you what happens. And even though there is a little bit of like, what do you think happened with Cisco? Like they mm-hmm. did a really good job of wrapping that up. Yeah. Cause there was so much shit. There was so yeah. much shit to wrap up. Can we also talk about how the whole war ends because Odo comes down and he's like, let's make this connection. I, I know. I love it. I it's like, an and ass- you'll call it off. <laughs> it's in a second, in a nanosecond. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm going to go cure Cure uh, uh, our people. You're going to go yeah. out to trial. We figured it all out in a nanosecond. Mm. Yeah. They're like, yeah. war's over. <laughs> yeah. And then, big move, pouring the blood wine, being like, we're, even though yeah. these were enemies, we're not going to drink over their dead bodies. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Cisco does it before the Admiral. Shit. You know, he's the one that really says, like, eh, no need. And then I love that the Klingon's like, all right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> keeps More drinking and smiling. Yeah, he's like, oh, humans. Glug, 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 yeah, glug. He yeah. says, I don't need to make a toast over their dead bodies. And yeah. 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 It was, yeah. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah, it's true. Oh, I, I was going to, oh, I had something and now it's, it just went away. Oh, it was just a nitpicky, stupid thing. It was just me being like, but he linked with that same changeling a bunch of times before. She didn't try to stop the war before that. And now it's a dupe. Yeah, That's just me true. Being- <laughs> but I think in all those instances, he was unsure of himself. Yes. The first time he joins he joins with her, it's the first time he's joined with anyone in his, in his recent memory. And yeah, every true. other time she holds this sort of higher power over him. Yeah, she's kind of dominant. Like, yes. She's dominant. She's, she mm-hmm. represents the link, you know? Yep. Yes. And then Odo finds himself, I think, through his his last few, uh, uh, actually the last couple of seasons, he like is able to explain his feelings for Kira. He comes. Yeah, he with, finally gets to smooch her. He smooches her. They're like <laughs> sitting in line together, and it's super sweet. And uh, yeah. he also uh, um, kind of comes has some trips where he comes to grips with what he was before. Uh, in the occupation and mm-hmm. how that's changed. And uh, oh, yeah. yeah. You you're know. right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Right. Well, and so, that's, no, that's, that's absolutely true. To be honest, too, he has a good card where he's like, I'm curing you. If I, can, really I can cure it. all of us. Yeah. I <laughs> can cure our like entire deal. race of people. Right. That's if true. If you call off yes. the Breen, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the Breen. The Breen, which always seemed like a Star Wars race to me. Totally oh, a Star Wars. Race. It's because of yeah. the riders and the helmets they wear in yep. Return of the Jedi. Yep. Totally. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And because you can't understand anything they're yeah. saying. Because they're 
I have to say, I'm so impressed, though, with how they work around that, because you can always tell what they're saying, given the response of the other character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Don't you feel, though, it's very um, Charlie Brown talking to his teacher every time? It is, it is, it is, it is. But I'm like, they do a good job with that, yeah. They do. I mean, I I will say, I'll put out there that specifically Jeffrey Combs does a good job He does an amazing job. Jeffrey Jeffrey Combs Combs. is amazing in this series. Mm. Big shout out oh, to Jeffrey Combs. Thank you for everything, Jeffrey Killing Combs. Killing it as a Y-Un from start to finish. And yeah, him we being, love you. And I mean, Brunt. He's just so good in that role. He's funny at times. There's other mm. times he's absolutely just frightening. We have that yeah. one clone that's like, I don't really believe in this war. Yes, and the one like, defective clone. Yeah. 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 There's this. Yeah. And then he actually comes to an end. We're not scratching our heads being like, what happened to Wei-Yoon? Like. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. he's so good in that role. Yeah. We're like, oh, yeah, Wayun's actually gone now. Yeah. Wei-Yun's, no more Wayuns. The Wayuns are done. There's a different Vorta at the meeting. Yep. Uh, yep. At the treaty signing. You know, if we had another three hours, I'd love right? to just discuss the Vorta, the founders, and the Jem'Hadar. Because I always found that was the their interlink. The Dominion really... Uh, woke me up as a teenager watching those episodes. I was like, I began to understand things that I did not understand before in in Star Trek and in science fiction and how they related to real life, especially like yes. this idea of like Ketracel White and mm. the the sort of suicide cult of the Gem Hadar, but also the yes. clones of the of the of the Vorta and how that leads to this sort of strange sort of pragmatic slash uh psychotic uh efficiency and then the founders and there it just was so it really always using resources using resources to control oh yeah a population Mm -hmm. like i i remember like when i put that together and i was like yeah, uh, not only control but manipulate, uh, which is manipulate, like, yeah, even more difficult and to break that. Psychologically manipulate them, not just yeah, yeah, Ooh. yeah. Into yep. thinking that they're gods. I mean, that is the whole horrible colonial myth. But here it is, like run amok and used like to great advantage. Yes, uh, yeah. The changelings. It's almost like Odo was the anti-emissary because with his the changelings, yes. it was the opposite. Like yes. everyone's a god, and he's like, I'm not. <laughs> Yeah. My name just means the thing or whatever. Right. Means, like, right? Yeah. And I, sample. Yeah. Unknown sample. sample. Yes. Unknown sample. Odo. <laughs> yeah. <Oof>. Odo Tholomule. <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> well, maybe you have to come back to talk about that on a villains episode. Yes. Because yes. we still haven't talked about the founders. Mm-hmm. Mm. We've talked to. about Dukat, but we haven't talked about the founders. So you should come back and talk about I would love to all that. We'll shit. just have a Dominion episode. We should do yes. a Dominion episode. I would love yes. to be invited to that. Maybe for Easter or yeah, yeah. want to pick another big holiday. Fourth of July. Fourth of July. We could definitely talk about the Dominion on Fourth of July. Ooh, boy. We talk about the Dominion on on what I consider now to be formerly Columbus Day. Formerly Columbus Day. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Next October. Yeah, next October we'll talk about the Dominion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> or before that, it doesn't matter. This has been fucking great. This has been, this has been so fun. Absolute delight. Yeah, Aki, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so glad I could be part of this. Uh, I have enjoyed listening to your podcast since I heard about it. Uh, Yay! Turns out two months ago now, but it feels like 40 years ago. 
just in how time has been moving for me. But yeah, uh, and so I'm so I'm very very excited to be on it. Uh, Yay! And to be talking Star Trek, and so thank you very much for having me. Yay! <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone, please check out Aki's podcast. Please, it's the name is so long. It's called Set Phasers. Set Phasers, a, high- a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Mm-hmm. I got it. Mm-hmm. You nailed it. Excellent. All of all of the musical moments in it. I just want to say, as a musician, I love them. There's there's love more it. coming because Yay. every new season we got new things to sing about. Yes, it's true. Yeah. There's lots of lots of friendship moments to sing about Ugh. specifically. Yeah, book yes. his sexiness. Uh, everything. Oh yeah! Before I forget, please, everyone, do, is it on your Instagram? I think it might be on our Instagram. I that is one that I'm so proud of. <laughs> it's <laughs> that so I feel like I should just good. put it out there into the world. I'm like, here's you should a minute of slow jam for how sexy book is. <laughs> yep, but Lauren, you don't know book is a character on the new season. Okay, oh. On, oh, introduced sorry, yes. in season three of Discovery, and he is. Hot. Super smoking hot. Okay, I got a lot of stuff to hot. look forward to. But like hot, not yes, only do. physically, but also like emotionally hot. Yeah, like his character is hot. Like you watch him yeah. and you're like, oh, I get it. I get it. He's yep. got a lot going on, but also is still very empathetic and sensitive, Ooh. which is pretty amazing. And uh, so I don't know. I just like two episodes into it, getting introduced to him. I was like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was I was literally like, <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. How? Who? What? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's he's excellent. So I wrote a song about it. Yep, <laughs> wrote a song about it. Goes like this. And it goes like this. It's and it's excellent. So if you can find it on on Instagram, it's on my Instagram or probably the Set Phasers Instagram. Where we're on, yeah, we're at like Set yeah. Phasers on Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that. So it's all there. yeah. We'll we'll link all that in our wherever we link that. Uh huh. Yeah. How do we do that? We'll tag you in show no, notes no. or whatever. I don't know. Show either. notes. As we'll we... do it in show notes. I always, I never, Michael I, does that stuff. I do the pre stuff. Exactly. I'm the note taker and a lot do all the talking. I don't know how to do anything post. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I know how to make some memes out of some screenshots I took and, mm-hmm. and then post things on Instagram. And that's, yeah, that's how we do it. Lauren does all the cool stuff. All the pretty stuff. I try. I make the art. And you guys were like bouncing back names for this episode at this time in recording. We haven't decided, I think, the final name. But all I can think of is you guys were picking some pretty long ones. (laughs) And I'm like, guys, don't forget I have to make art uh, around this name. You should feel free to edit those down, I think. (laughs) The uh, title was getting very long. (laughs) It was getting pretty absurd. Find us in the collective at intothewormhole.show, on Instagram at intothewormhole.podcast. Into the Wormhole is brought to you by We Own This Town. Yeah, also, Happy New Year, you know? Happy New Year. I'll I'll give you that drop, just in case this winds up being a (laughs) two-parter.